It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 15th, 2018. Beware the Ides of March, especially if you are a fan of tanking. The Orlando Magic taking on the, or facing the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday, getting the big victory there. Of course, the NCAA tournament starts on Thursday as well. Be sure to go back and check out the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast uh, for a preview of that. But... For now, my name is Phil Prosman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Today is indeed March 15th, 2018. That was a roundabout intro. Sorry about that. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And we will dive straight into today's episode. We're going to talk all about the Magic's big win over the Milwaukee Bucks. And I do say big win because it was a nice win. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to apologize for cheering on wins and being happy about wins because winning is good. Always good. Never bad. Always good. Um, I'll talk about what the Magic did against the Bucks so effectively and whether that's something that can carry over and whether this response that we saw to Tuesday's defeat is something that we will see the rest of this homestand. But we'll get into that in just a moment. Let's talk, though, first about this game, specifically the Orlando Magic taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. And, and you know, I, I said this on yesterday's show that when the Magic schedule came out in August... And I looked at the schedule and I saw the Magic had to go out west for four games, come back to San Antonio for the final game of that road trip, and then play a back-to-back at home against Milwaukee. I said, this is a loss. These two games are probably losses, but this one is definitely a loss. You just don't expect a team to have the energy coming off a big road trip. But there's another counterbalance force that I think played a role in what we saw Wednesday night. And that is pride. Plain and simple, it is pride. These are NBA players. They're all really good. And the difference between good teams and bad teams is really more about consistency than it is about ability sometimes. What can you do every single night? And when a team gets beat up and beat down in the way the Magic got beat up and beat down against the San Antonio Spurs on Tuesday, they're going to come out on fire. They're going to come out angry, and they're going to come out ready to play. They were, they're they not going to lose that game. And we've seen this happen a few times throughout the season, specifically when the Magic suffered long losing streaks, like seven, eight, nine-game losing streaks. We'll see the Magic buckle down and play one brilliant game. That's what Wednesday night was. One brilliant game. And of course, the challenge is to do it again on Friday against a very good, although perhaps Kyrie Irvingless Boston Celtics team. The Magic struggled a little bit at the beginning of the game, but once they found their footing, it was off to the races. Orlando had a 36-20 lead after the first quarter. They got some fantastic scoring performances from DJ Augustin, 
as well as from Jonathan Simmons, both scoring more than 30 points. If you had both of those players scoring more than 30 points in the same game at the beginning of the season, I need to see your NCAA tournament brackets um, because you're probably going to be correct. Uh, it, it was a... It was an absolutely stunning shooting performance. Uh, I, I thought the Magic broadcast said it perfectly. Um, it looked like what the Magic looked like at the beginning of the season when they were 8-4. and four. They were moving the ball extremely well. They were getting it to the open man, and they were making open three-pointers. And confidence just flows when you're shooting threes the way the Magic shot threes. Jonathan Simmons finished with 35 points, 7 for 12 from beyond the arc. DJ Augustin. 32 points, 6 for 9 from beyond the arc. They were just absolutely devastating throughout the game. And every time the Magic needed a big bucket or needed a big play, they found it. And it wasn't just about Simmons or, or Augustin. I think, I think the, obviously, they're the big names, and, and they did a lot to get this win. But it was a lot of the other little things. You know, Mario Zonia didn't have a great game, 9 points, 4 for 11 shooting, 5 rebounds. But he made a couple of big shots in the third and fourth quarter as Milwaukee was trying to make a push to take the lead back or take control of the game as, as we all kind of thought they would at some point. Ken Birch came off the bench and played nearly 30 minutes. Played six, six points, nine rebounds. Did a great job keeping Giannis Antetokounmpo on the perimeter for the most part and getting rebounds and digging out uh, plays that the Magic needed. Wessa Wundu in the, in the third and fourth quarter, in the second half especially, played some fantastic defense. Three steals to create opportunities for the Magic and hold Milwaukee at bay. Because Orlando built that 16-point lead in the first quarter. They had a 16-point lead at the end of one quarter. They built that lead. And slowly but surely, they gave it up. Milwaukee actually took the lead in the third quarter. But it was kind of a yo-yo effect. Every time Milwaukee would make a run because Orlando was turning the ball over too much or, or not, go, not hitting shots, especially the second unit struggled again in that second quarter. Whatever the case was, Orlando would find the answer. They would take the lead back out to eight, nine points. Keep Milwaukee, you know, at bay, within, within re- not within reach. And this was absolutely critical to the Magic's ultimate success in this game. This was what the Magic needed precisely to win the game. When the big shots needed to be made, they made the big shots. They found the right guy. I mean, I was hard on Nikola Vucevic yesterday. He played a fantastic game. 22 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 4 steals, 8 for 14 shooting. Made a lot of shots down the stretch, too, that helped the Magic keep Milwaukee away from them. And that all counteracts what Giannis Antetokounmpo did. 38 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 16 for 29 shooting. Orlando got a very good Giannis against them. They got a good Jabari Parker. They got a good Eric Bledsoe. They got a good Chris Middleton. Milwaukee shot 50% from the floor. Orlando's defense was not good. They were disconnected throughout the night. They gave up a lot of open drives. Um, they were struggling to find the right mix. And even, you know, Jonathan Isaac looked like a rookie against Giannis. Giannis knew how to beat him. But Orlando found a way. Orlando made the shots. And sometimes that's all it is. It's just making shots gives you that irrational confidence. And Orlando had it. Orlando had it because they were sick. They, I mean, and I imagine it's because they were sick and tired of their effort on Tuesday night and what they, what they, how they played Tuesday night. They found a way to win the game. 
it, I wish it could be as cut and dry as the Magic made shots and that's it. Magic still have a lot of things they need to work on. But they needed this kind of a game to build to build back their confidence after the way they played Tuesday night to prove that they can play like this. So again, the question now becomes, what can you do every single night? What is the consistent level for the Orlando Magic? And that's going to be the question that they'll have to answer Friday night against the Boston Celtics. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through your final stats real fast. As I mentioned, Jonathan Simmons, 35 points, 11 for 22 shooting, 7 for 12 from beyond the arc, 6 for 7 from the foul line, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and I'll mention 3 turnovers as well. Um... Simmons, we've kind of learned this year, goes hot and cold. He had, obviously, a 30-point game against Cleveland where he was just making threes left and right and was just like, what are you supposed to do? We've also seen him have games like he had Tuesday night where he shoots 3-for-13 and scores only 10 points. You don't want to ask Simmons to do more than he's capable of doing, but when he has games like this, when he has the confidence going, when he's able to get to the basket and create a little bit for others or create for himself or get to the foul line, or when he's making three-pointers, contested or not, the way he was making them on Wednesday night, you got to let him go. You got to let it roll with him. He had it going the best he's ever had it going in his career and certainly in a Magic uniform, obviously, on Wednesday night. He was doing everything for Orlando and carrying the team for long stretches and that's all you could ask for. Orlando as a team shot 18 for 34 from beyond the arc. 13 of those came from Jonathan Simmons and DJ Augustin. They carried the Magic offensively on a night when their offense was very, very good. They were the ones willing to create an attack for Orlando. DJ Augustin, as I mentioned, another 30-point game as well. 32 points, 9 for 15 shooting, 6 for 9 from beyond the arc, 8 for 8 from the foul line, 4 assists, and, and I'll mention 3 turnovers as well. Augustin was the same way. Willing to attack the basket, willing to probe, willing to drive, and when the ball rotated to him on the perimeter, he made the three-pointers. Sometimes the game is really that simple. You make shots, you win the game. You give yourself a chance to win the game. But really, it was, it was Orlando breaking down Milwaukee's defense. Milwaukee had their moments where their length bothered Orlando. That's why Orlando committed 17 turnovers and why I mentioned the turnovers here with these, with these positive numbers. But Orlando also was able to break them down with the pass. They were, they were playing the way that the Magic need to play. Nikola Vucevic, 22 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds, 8 for 14 shooting. That's the kind of game you want from Nikola Vucevic. Added 4 steals as well. Offensively, that's what you want from Nikola Vucevic. Stepped out and hit his jumper, got some post looks, wasn't primary thing, but mostly worked out of the high post and moved the ball. Kept the ball moving. That's so important for this team. And they had it all. Now, Vucevic still struggled a little bit on the defensive end. He was a little late on a few rotations. So plenty of poor communication throughout the team. It's not just a Vucevic thing. But again, a good bounce back game for him after I thought he struggled in the San Antonio game, especially kind of being the leader of the team. 
Simmons took the lead today, and I think Vucevic was in a much more comfortable position as kind of the guy that the, the defense leaves open and forgets about, and rather than playing through him so much or, or relying on him to kind of create the energy the Magic need. Simmons and Augustin created the energy the Magic needed. They brought they were the straws that stirred the drink. And that's what Orlando needed. Those were the only three players to score in double figures. Mario Zonia, like I said, added nine points. Ken Birch, six points, three for three shooting, nine rebounds, three assists, um, and one steal. Birch was the best defender on Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that's why he got 30 minutes of game time, finally. I thought he did a really nice job keeping on, using his frame, using his, his footwork to keep Antetokounmpo on the perimeter. He was pretty disciplined most of the night. Still made some jumpy rookie mistakes, um, especially when Antetokounmpo was able to get his shoulders downhill and, and toward the basket. But he stood as a very strong wall against him, and 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 that's kind of been what Ken Birch is, has been when he's played for the Magic. He knows how to rotate to the right spot perfectly, uh, and, and really just does a good job, de- good job defensively. That's what he's out there to do. Um, everyone's been calling for Ken Birch to play more minutes. I am certainly one of them. I would like to see him play more minutes, see him take more of Bismack Biombo's minutes at this point. Uh, but this was a very strong effort from him, playing the backup power forward position, position, playing a very skilled player in Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's not perfect by any means. Giannis still had 38 points. But again, you make the stops when you have to make the stops. And that's what Orlando did in the fourth quarter. They made the stops when they had to make the stops. And that's a big reason why they won the game. Rodney Purvis, five points, two for three shooting off the bench in his first game at home in a Magic uniform. We're on day... I think today was day five, day six of the of the 10-day contract. Um, he signed last Friday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, something like that. Um, day six, I believe. So time's beginning to run out on him a little bit. Um, I think they'll give him another look. I, I imagine he'll get a second 10-day contract, but we'll see about that. Um, Wessa Wundu, as I mentioned too, made some really nice defensive plays. Um, you know, did you know did some of the things that you that you want to see Wundu continue to grow and do. Offense is not his thing yet. He, that'll come two for four shooting, made a, made a layup, made a dunk. Um, but a really good energy on the defensive end. It was good to see him have uh, make a positive impact uh, on the game as well. Orlando shoots 44 for 87, 50.6% from the floor. 31 assists on 44 field goals. That is a huge stat for Orlando. Um, big, big reason why they're able to win games is when they have high assist numbers. Obviously, you have to make shots to have high assist numbers, but... Large percentage of their baskets come on assists, so to see the ball moving like that is a good sign. Orlando out-rebounds re- out Milwaukee 42-37. to 37. They get to the foul line for 20 of 23 free throws, uh, nearly doubling the Bucks. Bucks only shot 9 of 12 from the foul line, and of course, for Milwaukee, they shoot 50% from the floor, 10 for 24 from beyond the arc, so no slouches offensively for them. Chris Middleton, 22 points, made 4 of 6 three-pointers. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 38 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Eric Bledsoe, 20 points as he came on strong in the second half. Jabari Parker, 14 points off the bench. But Orlando comes away with the win, holding off Milwaukee 126-117. to That snaps their five-game losing streak, continues a three-game home win streak, and now Orlando plays a seven-game homestand. They're pretty much home for the rest of March, and that homestand will continue, of course, Friday against the Boston Celtics. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, 
helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At some point Wednesday morning, I read Josh Robbins' uh, recap of the of the loss to the San Antonio Spurs, and you know, good on the Magic Television broadcast for not airing any of this that happened in San in the San Antonio locker room. Um, but it was a very disappointed and frustrated bunch, and you could you could sense it in the words that they said. And, and if you haven't read it, I encourage you to go check out the Orlando Sentinel. Go back a day. Uh, I believe it's Magic frustrated by loss to Spurs. You know, something to that effect. Uh, and read some of the comments that the Magic made to the media after that game. Again, 38, 36-point loss. It's disappointing. And, you know, especially, you know, I talked about Nikola Vucevic, and I, I had not read the quote before I made my comments and wrote my article about Vucevic. Um, but, you know, Vucevic is as frustrated as anyone by this, even if, you know, you know he, he wants to do more, and, and maybe he can't. But... It, you know, there's definitely a lot of frustration that the season has gone completely off the rails. And Vucevic made, you know, kind of the, the pro forma comment that, you know, we're professionals. We have to finish the season out. We have to play for our city. We have to play for the fans. We have to give them something to hold on to, whether they want to hold on to it or not, or whether they, they reject it or not. At this point, yes, the Orlando Magic only have pride to play for. They're not they're not going to purposefully lose games. Frank, that's not in Frank Vogel's DNA. That's not in Jeff Weltman's DNA. That's not in John Hammond's DNA. And frankly, that is a good thing. I think that is a positive sign for a team that has been trying to lose and get lucky for five years, for most of five years now. So, the Magic are playing for pride. And they played that way Wednesday night. You could tell really from the start that they had a different energy about them. They weren't going to go through the motions or, or be lethargic or or let the other team punch them and knock them out so quickly like they did Tuesday night in San Antonio. They weren't going to do that. What they were going to do is they were going to fight and, 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 and Frank Vogel after the game praised their grit and their ability to fight after this win. There is nothing more prideful right now than to play at home, than to be in front of the home fans. And while Orlando has not been a great home team, they've only got 14 home wins. It's certainly much better than the road, where they're 7-30. and 30. Orlando, in fact, has won 14 of their 21 games at home. And while they have the, the third or fourth worst record home record in the league, or fourth, third or fourth fewest home wins in the league right now, they are a better home team. And so in this quest to, to build something, to, to create some positive energy about this, about the way this season ends, to carry over into next year, regardless of who's still here, these next now six games are going to be vitally important. Orlando will have the opportunity to sleep in their own beds, to play within a comfortable environment, to practice on their home court and get some practice time in because these games are pretty well spaced out too. They will have this opportunity to begin to to really grow and cement what they want to accomplish the rest of the year. That part I don't know. But here's the one thing I do know. Right now, the wins feel random. 
Yes, the Magic are on a three-game home win streak. Yes, the Magic won back-to-back games just two weeks ago now. But even then, those wins felt random. Against Detroit, Orlando had a gritty defensive performance, one of their best defensive performances of the season to get a win. Against Memphis, they needed to scramble at the end. There's no consistency between them. And then they go out west, and their offense really laid an egg for three of the five games. Scored 80 against against, uh, Utah, scored 82 against Sacramento, and then 76 against San Antonio. That's not going to get the job done, obviously. So they're coming home now to face this homestand, trying to build a home court advantage. Because there's nothing you should be more proud of than playing in front of your fans and making your home stadium a fortress. Because after all, Everyone knows you play better at home. Now, no one's expecting Orlando to go out and win all six games on this homestand. That's not going to happen. They play Boston on Friday, obviously a very good team. They play Toronto on Tuesday. That's a really good team. They play Philadelphia after that. And then things lighten up. They'll get Phoenix, Brooklyn, and Chicago to close out the homestand. That, to me, is an opportunity to, to take some wins. Yes, I realize those other teams are also tanking, and so those hurt the lottery chances. But that's not what this team is playing for. This team is playing to build some type of consistency, to build some type of identity, and to some extent, to show that they still care. You know, one of the comments that was made after Tuesday's loss from Mario Azonia was, it just feels like everyone's given up on the season. And while, yeah, the playoffs are officially out of reach, there's got to be some level of professional pride that you play with, a consistent effort, a consistent way you want to play. And I've, I've, I've harped on this time and time again, that's what the Magic have lacked. That's why they're in the position they're in. They don't have that bedrock to fall back on. And so if the Magic want to change the culture, they have to start with it now. They have to begin building it now. They have to develop it now. And there's truly no time like the present. This homestand is an opportunity to build upon your successes. They may not all come in wins, and and I do think winning is an important reward for your hard work. But the wins need to have a consistent theme about them too. Each game needs to have a consistent way you're trying to go about things. A consistent positive to take away. That's how you build an identity. That that thing we've talked about for so many years with this Magic team that they've been unable to create. There is no better time to do it than now. This is their opportunity. If the Magic have a successful homestand, let's say they go three and four or four and three. Let's say, let's give them four and three. Let's put them at 24 wins. They probably don't have to win another game the rest of the year, honestly. So they'll accomplish the goal they needed to accomplish in this set of games. And it's not only that, it's also doing it in front of the fans. 
It's giving the fans a reason to show up and support your team every night. It's been tough this year, no doubt about it. I again have heard plenty of people who want to give up their who are giving up their season tickets. It's as many, uh, not as many as I heard after last season, but it's certainly hard to invest in this team again. This is your opportunity to show that an investment is worth it before you even get into the lottery, before you even get in to the high talent draft pick you're going to get in June. Again, the Magic don't have to win every game this homestand. They don't have to win all of the games this homestand. But they have to begin building that identity again. They have to begin showing signs to this fan base that they're moving forward in a positive direction. And it starts with playing with pride like they did on Wednesday night. Playing with a little bit of fire. Playing with a little bit of anger. It doesn't have to be perfect. It wasn't perfect Wednesday night. They turned the ball over like crazy. Their defense was terrible. But they again found a way. They again delivered. And at least for one night, they could feel good about themselves. So now the question, again, that I ask after every win is how are you going to do this again? Are you going to do this again? And there's no better place to build and reinforce these habits than inside the friendly confines of the Amway Center, whether it's on the practice court or the game court. And for the next 16 days now, the Magic have nowhere else to be but the gym. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Or like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. If you have not done so already, go back into the archives from Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic Daily podcast with Ricky Skricka of Orlando Magic Daily. We talked all about the NCAA tournament, all the top prospects, the NCAA tournament, of course, starting up Thursday afternoon. I'm sure everyone's going to be watching. So get the lowdown on the top prospects, on the players you should be watching as we dive headfirst into the NCAA tournament and, and, and really begin at least our more overt draft preparations. Don't worry, we've been doing plenty to prepare for the draft before then, but most people begin really paying attention at the NCAA tournament as we get to the end of the college season. So be sure to go back and listen to that podcast uh, for a complete rundown of the prospects in this year's draft. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow that on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me, though, today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.